The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Well, hello, Ashley Nicole Moss. How are you? So good to see you. Michael Smith, do my eyes deceive me? Yeah, you're right. Now that I think about it, you're probably uh, appearing more frequently on Holly and Smith than the Smith is. So, uh, yeah, I should should be the one saying good to see you, (laughs) but it's good to have you here. Welcome to my Um, show. It's nice to have you. Thank Thank you you. for joining me today. Yeah, first first time, long time. Um, uh, My first question for you is, uh, were you at Michael Rubin's party? Because I was looking for you. Were you there? (laughs) I was not there, no. I was not. Okay. Okay. Well, I wasn't either. Just to be clear, I was looking (laughs) for you on Instagram is what I meant. I wasn't looking around for you, but I figured, oh, this is Ashley Seams right here. You would fit right in with this rock star crowd. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I feel like you would fit in. That's, that's, That's your level. You know, me, on the other hand, they know not to invite me for two reasons. One, they don't know who I am. Two, they know I wouldn't know how to act. See, like, it takes a certain type of person to just be able to blend in there and to, and to just, like, feel right at home with all these people. I, I'd be, I wouldn't know how to cont- contain myself or control myself. I well, I guess, um, I guess they don't know who I am either because I wasn't invited, so. <laughs> that's, that shocks me. Well, that, that's, that's temporary. That's temporary. Um, but, I mean, it looked, it looked like a movie. It was, it was straight out of a movie. It looked like the spot. See, I, I guess I need more of that Grant Williams in me because Grant Williams was up in there. And it's like, you know, one of these kids is not like the other. No disrespect. It'd probably be Grant Williams. <laughs> you know, well, but no, he was Grant in there an, holding it down. Grant has a really good relationship with Michael Rubin. He does a lot of work with them, with him yeah. and Fanatic. So it makes sense. Um, there you but go. But you know what? I live, I live in Miami. I've been to parties like that a lot. I, see, okay. So don't act like I'm, don't yeah. act like I'm talking about something. I know you fit. I know that's the crowd you run with. See, yeah, you like, like, no, 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 that's not looks, me. Yeah, that is. It me. looks very cool. It looks very spectacular and fancy, but it also looks like you know a regular Saturday night in Miami. So, you know, been <laughs> okay. there before, just not in the hands. All right, big time. <laughs> All right, big time. Yeah, no, um, I'm, I'm not holding out uh, hope for my for my invite, um, but I'll, I'll live vicariously through them. But it looked like anybody <laughs> who was anybody was there. When when the last time you had trouble? Getting in anywhere. Yeah, like, when the last time you had to sneak into a club? Um, oh, sneak in? Probably when I was underage. Like, I was in live at, like, 19. So, like, that was sneaking in. But I've never not been able to get into a party. Yeah. I remember, um, I remember, I have a couple of Super Bowl party stories that come to mind. One, this is a humbling moment. This would have been, like, 2004. 2005, and I think 2005, because I feel like it was Jacksonville, which would have been Super Bowl 39. And I was about a year, maybe two into ESPN, something like that. And uh, I went to the ESPN Super Bowl party, which, you know, I haven't been in a long time, but it used to be like a big deal. Mm-hmm. And I remember being, you know, at the at the check-in line, and it was like, your name ain't on the list. I'm like, 
but I, but I work here. Like, I ain't trying to hit him with it, like, don't you know who I am? It, I didn't go that far with it. But I was like, but I, I, I work here. You know what I mean? I was like, how, how I'm not on the list? I was like, you know, give me the manager. Let me see the manager. That was one. And then there's one I always tell. This was, uh, this would have been like the next year or something like that. Uh, I actually had to get what was then the Packers backup quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. I had to sneak him into said party along with Matt Castle. And obviously, you know, times have changed for Aaron Rodgers where he didn't have a problem getting in anywhere he wants to get into. So, but yeah, it's maybe, been a long time since I had to. Yeah, go ahead. Maybe I'm just like older and wiser. Or maybe I just did too much of it like what are you, when I was too like, what are... <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe I just did or maybe I just did too much of it when I like was underage. But a party's just a party. Like I know people will say, I know everyone's like enamored with this Michael Rubin party and oh my god, all yeah. the famous people that were there. But a party's really just a party. Like I've been to The party is wherever really, you at. Right. I've been to really glamorous parties where there was like nobody that was like quote unquote popular. And it was some of the best yep. parties I've been to. And I've been to parties exactly. where it's like everybody who's anybody is at the party and they've been boring. Like a party is what mm. you make of it. And a party's really just a party at the end of the day. I mean, I think it's cool when you see all like the people that like you know of like in one place, but I think Being that we kind of, ish. yeah, I, I just, I kind of feel like it's not that big of a deal. Maybe I'm just, un- yeah, no, maybe I'm just not easily fair. impressed. That's fair. Um... I mean, it's cool to see them just all kind of like being peers and being normal and letting their hair down. Um, so you it's think? It's cool to kind of like, huh? So I think. I said, so you yeah. think? Yeah. But no, the, the part about the party being wherever you at is like, I remember I used to kind of like hop to different spots and then realize like, what am I, what am I looking for? What am I chasing? Like just post up in one spot and eventually the party going to come to you, you know? And it's, it, it is definitely what you make it and it's the company you're keeping. So it's kind of cool to see them all keeping, keeping that, uh, keeping that company. Them just kind of, and maybe they were fanboy and fangirling out for all we know. Maybe they were like, "Oh, it's so nice to meet you." This, that, and the other. So, and I mean, um, outside of Beyonce and Jay Z, because I mean, let's be honest, yeah. they're regular people. Like <laughs> they're they're regular the people. Like they're regular people, like you and I, who just maybe have a few more eyes on the jobs that they do than you and I may have, but like at the end of the day, they're regular people. And I feel the same way about athletes as I do about artists. They're regular I'm, folks. I'm not I'm not big on athletes. I don't I don't I don't get excited about athletes as much as I get excited about entertainers. Entertainers I do get excited by. Um I, I do I do find pleasure in meeting them. Athletes it's like probably because I cover them it's like it's it's no big deal to your point. Um I don't even have an all white outfit. You probably got an all white outfit or several all white outfits for such occasions, just sitting around. Every time somebody got an all-white party, I'm like, damn, I gotta go find some uh, some all-white. I don't even know what to wear. I don't have that just lying around. Like, this is <laughs> this is me. This is all I got. Um, so, so that's, get that's a white the struggle. Version of that. Just get a white version just a of white, that. A white t-shirt, a white hoodie, yeah. Um, you know, probably the only person who wasn't at that party um, is somebody who knows how to throw a party, uh, and that's Jerry Jones. Uh, mm-hmm. The owner of your favorite football team, the Dallas Cowboys. Matter of fact, last time I was at something that fancy as Michael Rubin's joint uh, was uh, Jerry Jones had a, a media party at Nobu out in. Uh, oh, out you in told California. me this story. Yes. Yeah, I was. I mean, I was like, wow, it, was, it must be. It must be nice. But uh, so Jerry's in the news, though. I'm sure you saw. So Netflix uh, beat out. I mentioned ESPN. Uh, my friends at Amazon, they beat him out. 
for the 90s Cowboys docuseries uh, for $50 million. Now, now say 90s Cowboys, the press release makes it seem like it's a Jerry Jones miniseries. More about Jerry Jones' rise and his acquisition of the Cowboys, right. which I'm a lot less interested in. Like, like, So the comp is the last dance. Now, m- many people had a problem with the last dance, especially on the inside of the Bulls, who thought it was all about Michael Jordan. As it should have been, but there was still a great amount of storytelling done about the other supporting actors, if you will, in the Chicago Bulls dynasty. If this mm-hmm. re- if this ends up being like the press release says, the Jerry Jones story, I'm infinitely, respectfully, less interested in that as I would be about an inside look at the Dallas Cowboys in the 1990s, a team that I grew up actually rooting for. I don't know if you knew this about me. Uh, I, I stopped being a Saints fan because they were breaking my heart too much. And then I jumped on the Cowboys after 91 when they went 11-5 and five before they won their first Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And by the way, Ashley, somebody said it wasn't me, but just the closest the Cowboys going to get to the Super Bowl uh, anytime soon is, is a look back. At, I, I'm, just past, I'm just saying that. That's what somebody said. I, I, right. I'm just saying somebody pointed that out that, you know, y'all mm-hmm. might as well go ahead and enjoy the past. Cause, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be curious so. the one last time their team won a Super Bowl, whoever said that, because glass houses, you know, <laughs> they say about stones from glass houses. Um, it could work. I mean, listen, if it's a four point, if it's a four part series or a five part series, I would expect at least one episode to be focused on Jerry Jones's life, his rise to being able to purchase the Dallas Cowboys, where he got that money from, the process of purchasing a football team when he first purchase the Dallas Cowboys, the relocation of them and moving them, like all of that stuff. I would definitely um, think that in order to tell the story of the 90s Cowboys, you do have to start with the Jones family and Jerry Jones and how it all started. I don't think it needs to be more than one episode. I think the rest of the series, um, the bulk of it, now this is granted if they do it in like a a, a series, like in, you know how they break up a film and they'll do it in a four, four, part series, five part series, or if they do it in a full length movie with no breaks, there does need to be a chunk of it that is geared just to Jerry Jones and the Jones family because it does all intertwine. But I agree with you, even as a Cowboys fan, I want to see 90% Dallas Cowboys in the 90s and 10% Jerry Jones. I don't need right. to see yeah. Jerry in Arkansas and Jerry in high school and all his black right. and white photos been and there, his done that. photo and his grandma and his mom yeah. and his papa. I don't care. Like, don't yeah. care about any of that. I just need to see how you got your money, what the process was like, when you met your wife, all that good stuff. And then let's get into the nut of it and let's figure out, you know, the Dallas Cowboys story. But the rest of it, I don't care. Yeah, no, we need we need to know. Um... All the all the dirt, all the all the 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 backstory, all the all the stuff that books have been written about when it comes mm-hmm. to Aikman and Irvin and Emmett and Haley and Dion. Like there are so like if it was if it's truly about and and been, ever since the Last Dance, many people have wanted to see this. Like this was the next dynasty that people wanted to see the inside look at with you know uh, previously unreleased footage or whatever. If it's a, they got so many characters until. Again, in all seriousness, you can't tell the story of the Cowboys um, without telling the story of Jerry Jones and how he came 
to acquire the Cowboys right. and right. his role in building the Cowboys, even in conflict with, with Jimmy Johnson. So he's oh, he's obviously a central thing. character. Yeah, that is another thing, Michael Smith. When we tell the story of the 90s Cowboys, I don't want to hear the Dallas Cowboy PR version because, you know, the Cowboys love to, exactly. you know, breadcrumb exactly. it and sprinkle a little bit of some something, but play it safe when it comes to the media. It's like, listen, what go. happens in the mafia organization, of the Dallas Cowboys stays in the mafia organization, of the Dallas Cowboys. No, if you're going to tell this story, Jerry, I need you to keep it 100 of what happened with you right. and Jimmy. Tell the real right. story, Jerry. I need some Don't tears. sugarcoat that relationship. I Correct. need you to say, listen, I was jealous. He was better at me at the job that I was supposed to do. And it was either him or me. And I picked me. I need to see that energy. Right. I don't need your sugarcoat version of it. Why he ain't in the ring of honor still, right? Why is he not in the ring of honor? Why do you guys like, not have a relationship to this day? This this can't be this can't be PR. This is it's got to be some tension because even even in the Last Dance, as many as, as many people thought that it was glorifying Michael Jordan or, or continuing to mythologize Michael Jordan, there was still some tense moments and some and some topics that were not completely comfortable. You're absolutely right, Ashley. Everything has got to be discussed, um, mm-hmm. and so less of Jerry's life story and more of the story of that dynasty. And what could have been? I've seen. I saw the. Uh, I think the team did a Barry Switzer doc, uh, which was decent. Uh, you know, again from a from a team, a team production standpoint. But yeah, that's always the issue with these docu series. What's the creative tension? It's like they they're selling the rights to this, but at what cost to the the story's integrity? Um, and I would I, like I, I if they you, did it. If they did it in five parts, the first part, Jerry Jones, the Jones family, how he acquired it. I would do part two, three, and four on one episode, the 92 Cowboys, one episode, the 93 Cowboys, one episode, the 95 Cowboys, and the last episode, I don't think you need to focus on this new era Cowboys, but I personally would like to see some parts in that fifth episode, if they broke it down like that, the Tony Romo era. I want to know why that team wasn't able to, one of those teams weren't able to win a Super Bowl. Why did you keep Jason Garrett for so long? What was the Jessica Simpson curse? Did Jerry Jones believe in that? Um, how come you didn't go? Like, I want to see all of that. I think those two yeah. eras of the Dallas Cowboys, the Tony Romo era and the 90s Cowboys era are some of the most polarizing and interesting and mysterious eras because we know the success and the failures. But during those areas, areas there was a lot of, behind the scenes stuff. Like, for example, did you really have a bodyguard on Des Bryant to follow him around everywhere he went so that he wouldn't get in trouble? I want to know these things. Which is, everything you're laying out speaks to why this documentary could sell for this much and could Mm -hmm. capture this much of our attention and imagination because the Cowboys, as you know as a Cowboys fan, have been a long-running drama that has captivated our collective imagination even since the 30 years damn near since they last won a Super Bowl you know I mean you just dropped a a bunch of people who you could do a documentary on them that'd be pretty interesting in its own right and it's still not the 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 three Super Bowls in four years Dallas Cowboys Um, and they've managed to keep doing that as you know without the product on the field matching the amount of hype and attention so to wrap this conversation up before we take a break, look at that, I could, that look on your face is priceless. That's a $50 million look you just gave me. I love it. Um, 
but I want to bring it into the present because I really did like their offseason. I like what they, mm-hmm. they did in free agency, and I love what they did in the draft. The Eagles, a lot of people say they, they won the offseason again, and they actually won a lot of games and almost won the game that matters last year. The Giants look improved. Uh, Eric Bieniemy has infused a lot of energy into the commander's culture for whatever that's worth. Okay, obviously they turned it over to a new young quarterback. I wonder how you're feeling about the Cowboys' chances, you know, as we sit here this offseason, to actually do something. Because the last time I think, I think the last time I talked to you about the Cowboys, Ezekiel Elliott uh, was getting Peter rolled uh, <laughs> on mm-hmm. that, that ill-fated <laughs> last play against the 49ers. I think that's the last Cowboys conversation we had. So I'd love to know how you're feeling about your boys given, a, you know, for whatever it's worth, a productive offseason they had. I always pick the Dallas Cowboys to to go all I think to go all the way. I, I, I believe in manifestation and by saying it, one day it will <laughs> actually be true. Um I think the Cowboys it. have all of the talent. It's just that it doesn't seem to equal productivity when it counts. We're not talking the regular season. The Cowboys are gonna make the playoffs. I don't think anybody doubts that. It's can they go ahead and be the team everybody expects them to be? Can they go ahead and win in the playoffs? Can they go ahead and see an NFC championship game? That's been the biggest question mark. I don't think anybody doubts that this is a really good football team. If you've been watching the NFL and if you pay attention in the regular season, they are. But that's just what it that's where it starts and that's where it ends. They're a really good regular season team who for some reason their talent does not equal the postseason, which is one of the reasons why the Cowboys jokes, I get it. Cowboys for clicks, it's cute. But like when you really actually analyze it, there's no way you can say this is not a good football team. If that was the case, they would not have good seasons. They would not have winning seasons. This is not a team yeah. that has never seen the playoffs. This is not a team that has never won their division. This is a team that struggles in the playoffs for a multitude of different reasons, but it's not because they're not a good team. There's something else going on there, and this is the season they need to figure that out. They're just good enough to be interesting. And and you're right. Clicks. People people build. No, I, I, that's a compliment. That's a compliment. I'm dissing I, I, my boys. Ba- I don't, it's a backhanded this. compliment. It's a backhanded it's compliment. Such a I will admit that. But, it, but, but my point is, it's like, listen, nobody moves the needle like the Cowboys. Past or present, right? I mean, people have entire brands in our business built around loving or hating trolling or cheerleading for the Dallas Cowboys. It's like without winning anything in forever, they still they still live in rent free in all of our hands. I will give them that. I will give them it's hard being so popular, Michael. I'll tell you that. It's hard being so popular. Heavy is the Michael Parsons was at that party. Michael Parsons was 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 deep in that in that Michael Rubin party. QB one wasn't hey you wanna talk this is his year. After a while, people already point the figure at QB1. It can't keep coming up short and QB1 not, not have to get some scrutiny. That side eye you gave me, people giving that to your quarterback. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 
Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Trade speculation, you know, casual Sixers fans, they'll trade me for a crumble cookie. But at the end of the day, you know, I have to realize, like, you know, it's, you're not getting a 6'9 forward back who can, you know, damn near shoot 40% from three, guard other teams' best, best player, uh, shoot post-up drive, play 70-plus games a year. And as many have pointed out since Tobias Harris made that uh, comment, um, you don't have to be a casual fan to trade a quality player for a crumble cookie because crumble cookies go just that hard. And uh, in keeping it going, mm. Daryl Morey, well played. He's out in Utah for summer league and he's like, hey man, checked out a, a crumble cookie store. No casual fans in sight here, says Daryl Morey. Well played, well done. Uh, we'll see if um, Tobias Harris gets moved. But I want to talk about how the cookie's going to crumble, Ashley, when it comes uh, to Damian Lillard, because we all continue to be on Dame time. And you have a very specific question for Damian Lillard, which is what? What's plan B? Because I know plan A is Miami. It's Miami or bust, but... Here's the thing that is worrisome is, yes, it's an unspoken rule in the NBA that you are supposed to trade a superstar to their preferred trade destination. It, it sets a bad precedent. It leaves a bad taste in people's mouths, especially star players. When you have a player who's made it abundantly clear they want to go to a certain just a destination and you don't make that happen. I think it will even sour things even more when it's for a player like Damian Lillard, who has given this organization 11 years of loyalty, 11 seasons of loyalty, when a lot of people expected him or wanted him to back out a lot sooner. But the reality of the situation is this. The Portland Trailblazers are a business. They're an organization, and they're going to do what's best for their organization. And that may not be sending Damian Lillard to Miami. Now, granted, again, reiterating, it would not look good if that's ultimately what happens. But I would be curious if Damian Lillard as a vet in this league, as someone who has seen trades happen for some of his peers and just across the league in general, if he has an option that says to him, yeah, it's not Miami, but this would work as well. And if he doesn't, he might want to get one. Not saying Miami is not a possibility. I'm a strong believer it will happen. I just, I'm always an, I'm always a plan B kind of girl. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Uh, I think it would behoove him 
to have said plan B because it's and it's something about the way you put that just kind of got me got my wheels turning because look I put it to you like this last I checked all of Damian Lillard's checks cleared from the Blazers right mm-hmm. like he got paid by the Blazers right so they don't owe mm-hmm. him Jack Joe Cronin don't owe him Jack because and 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 that that press release that they put out it actually gave them cover so and again now I'm team Dane always have been team Dane would love to see Dane not just end up on a contender but end up on a contender or whatever team he goes is going to be a contender but a contender of his preference would love to see that happen but I'm but looking at this objectively and from the Blazers point of view nobody's I'm saying I'm gonna say we nobody said we were tanking nobody said that we did not want to compete and or contend and mm-hmm. we've always said publicly at least even though we may not have made the, the big splashes that you would prefer we've always maintained publicly that we are committed to winning and winning around you you says the blazer statement you decided that you wanted to break up with us we didn't say we were we were t- fielding calls and, and tearing it down and you don't have a no trade clause you ain't bradley beal out this mug so right. the onus is not on us to trade you where you want to go if we don't get what we want. The onus is on you and the team that you want to be on figuring out how to get a two or three team trade done. Okay, get a a two or three team trade done that brings us the assets, the players and the picks that we want where somebody takes Jurgic's contract back uh, as well. But we're not going to just take whatever just to to acquiesce or to appease you out of some notion of, well, you know what, down the road when it's time to retire your jersey, you might be upset, you know, or future free agents may look at us sideways or Scoot Henderson and, you know, Shaden Sharp and all these young guys coming up maybe like, oh, look how you treated Dame. No, like Dame got paid. Dame decided he wanted something different. Why is it on the Blazers? To say, no, I agree. Well, whatever, whatever I, we can do, Dane. How, how can we further serve you, Dane? That's not the Blazers' obligation I, I, here. I, I hundred percent agree. It, like I said, it's it's a catch twenty two because in one regard it does not look good because Dame has given you loyalty, but on the other end, it's like you knew what it was when you signed up, and this is one of the reasons why. I've always been annoyed with him every offseason kind of breadcrumbing the idea of leaving and not wanting to be part of the semi-rebuild and not wanting to be part of helping to mold young talent because it's like, Dame, you knew what it was when you didn't leave when C.J. McCollum did. You knew when C.J. McCollum left that the we weren't going to be a team that was going to be a contender. We never made that a secret. And even if they did want to try to make it a secret, your eyes work. Everyone's eyes work. Everyone is aware of this is not a team that's prepared to go the distance. But you remained in Portland anyway. And now, in the 11th hour, now it's not good enough, which is fine. And myself included, you know, fans, myself included, rather, are happy you've come to this conclusion. But what also comes with waiting so long and playing that game is now their slim pickings in terms of what mm-hmm. Portland is willing to part ways with you for. There's not that much on the table. Bradley Beal's gone. Chris Paul signed someplace else. Um, you have 
DeAndre Ayton, not that he was on an option, but just throwing names out there, he's remaining in um, Port, um, Phoenix. KD signed yeah. to Phoenix. All the big names that could have moved the needle are are promised elsewhere. So you have Tyler Hero, you have Ben Simmons, you have some other names on there, but you can't also expect Portland to override logic because of emotion. And that, yeah. unfortunately, is the business of the NBA. Um, I agree that he needs to have a plan B. If for no other reason, Kurt Heelan, then right now everybody's in the holding pattern. And so that he yeah. can't nor won't do anything with any other players until they figure out if they're going to get Damian Lillard. The Blazers, as we just discussed, won't take just any deal it almost feels like it would be in Damian Lillard's best interest to open his mind to other possibilities in order to facilitate a more timely trade as opposed to holding out for a trade that, if it happens, may not happen anytime soon. Does that make sense, or is it best that he stand his ground? First off, I, th- I believe that's James Harden in the holding pattern over the airport right now, just circling because yeah, his, get- <laughs> his deal's yeah. not getting He's done before coach. Lillard's. He's in Coach Lillard's <laughs> in first class. Yeah, yeah, exactly. James ain't coached by the bathroom. There's no way that like the Clippers are pulling the trigger on a Harden deal if there's a slim chance they can get in on the Lillard thing because Lillard's just a flat out better player. So, yeah, look, you're spot on. He needs to open this up a little bit if he wants to get it done timely. And all I keep hearing is, you don't expect it over the weekend. Even like this is probably leaning into next week and maybe longer. He hasn't come off of the heat. If you threw somebody like you know, Brooklyn in there, Brooklyn, yeah, okay, nobody wants the Ben Simmons contract. But they can throw five firsts in there. And you can start to get into teams like Utah, which has a whole boatload of picks and some interesting young players if you want to go back. Like, I'm just curious if he's really willing to do that or if it's if it's Miami or bust. We're going to be talking about this for a while, man, because I'm just not sure how you make that deal work. I mean, granted, listen, I understand wanting to go to a contender. I'm not knocking him for that. You're coming out yeah. of Portland, and that's not a contender. The last thing you're trying to do is go to a Brooklyn. If he went to Brooklyn, he might as well stay in Portland. It's the exact same situation. Yeah. It, it, with slightly, with maybe slightly better players, some can argue probably not better players. I mean, it's the, literally bar for bar, almost the exact same situation. I understand wanting to go to a Miami. They're the most championship-ready team, you know, one of the most championship-ready teams in the NBA, and they've done it with not that much talent in terms of big names. I can understand the appeal of that. On the other side of that, the unfortunate, realistic um, situation is that they don't have enough to give Portland for a player of Damian Lillard's caliber And that's something he has to go ahead and realize like, okay, this is what I want, but is this feasible? I get it, standing your ground and saying, the way of the NBA is superstars get what they want. And it's true. That's the way we've always seen it. We saw it with Anthony Davis when he wanted to leave New Orleans. What happened? He got what he wanted. He ended up in LA. We saw it with KD with the Golden State. Well, he left, but we saw it with KD with, um. Brooklyn to Phoenix. We saw it semi with Kyrie. He got his way by getting out. It wasn't to the Lakers. It was to Dallas. But he seems to be happy because he re-signed. We've seen it before. But 
there was a lot more in the free market to make that possible. Dame's in a very tough situation right now. They, well, the, and the players got what they want because the teams got what they wanted. But I want to go back to a quote. Yeah. Uh, and this is from Lillard from The Last Stand when he said, quote, they can trade me somewhere that we all see as a contender, but what is it going to cost for me to get there? How is it a guarantee that we're going to be playing in June when I get there? How do we know if everybody's going to be healthy? How do we know if it's going to work out? This is before he asked for the trade, obviously. But it's not just the, the Blazers getting what they want. It's going to be at what cost to the team that you're going to as well, which I feel like that's why he should have, you know, a, a more of a, of a broader view of this thing and say, okay, who can make the best trade and lead me with the best supporting cast? You know, I mean, because the Heat have already lost uh, Vincent and mm. Struess as well this all, all season. Of their, most of, mostly again, all yeah. of their outside shooting. Right. And, 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 and again, the longer this takes, the less the Heat are able to make any moves to fill out their supporting cast. And again, it's just so many moving parts. You yeah. know, um, whether, whether, like I mentioned, you know, the Blazers want people to take Nurkic's contract. This thing just is not clean and simple and cut and dry. And I almost wonder just how long could this drag out, Kurt? I mean, could he could he end up starting the season in Portland? I don't know that I don't know that Portland has the uh, Daryl Morey sitting out with Ben Simmons with cojones to do that, right? Harden like. Simmons, with, yeah. um, yeah. Yeah. With where? Yeah. Just sat on it with a hard zip. Like I'll wait this out. I can yeah. wait it out till I yeah. get what I want. I don't know that Portland's got that in them, but I think it's going to mm. drag out for a while. And I'm curious, like I said, what other? Because you you're spot on. If you're talking about Miami, you're like, well, what else can they put in this deal to make it interesting? Well, Caleb Martin makes that a little more interesting. But you're now you're back to exactly that. It's like unless Port. I mean, hey. <laughs> Is Jovic ready? Like, who's on that team left that's going to suddenly step up and make plays for them? They've lost so much over the last bit that that it, it can't just be – if it's three guys and nobody else, well, we saw that in Phoenix last year, man. It doesn't work. Mm. Like, you've, you're going to have to get more out there and more around them. And as great as Miami is, it's not like it's just growing on trees, man. It's like they're going to have mm -hmm. to find some players. So, hey, I uh, want to pivot real quick. Um, one of the teams that's been mentioned in this little sweepstakes is, is San Antonio because of his respect yeah. for the Spurs organization, which is now headlined by Victor Wimbanyama, uh, who will make his summer league debut this weekend. Want to talk about somebody else who uh, made their quote-unquote debut, um, who's technically still a rookie, and that's the, the last unicorn before Wimby, and that's Chet Holmgren. I love to know what people around the league are saying about Chet Holmgren. I love to know whether you two guys think that Chet Holmgren, a la Blake Griffin back in the day, could actually end up being a rookie of the year over the presumed, uh, you know, next second coming that is Victor Wimbanyana. You first, Kurt. Uh, first off, I heard, look, he looked rusty at the start, but started to come around. And more importantly, I think he had four blocks in his one game. Like, his impact, kind of like Wimbayama, frankly, is probably going to be more defensive almost at first. Like, he's so long. He's he's going to cause problems for people driving, and the offensive game will come around. So I, I already looked pretty good for coming off the rust. And, and, and most importantly, somebody told me, like, he looked aggressive. The person that saw him in person was like, he looked aggressive, which coming off the foot injury or any injury, like, that's huge. They're not like favoring the knee or worrying about whatever. Mm. So he wasn't, he wasn't worried about the foot. He was making plays. I th honestly think there is a chance that Chet or Scoot or somebody 
gets this because it's not beyond the the Spurs to slow play this. I don't know that it's going to be a David Robinson. Suddenly they're winning 50 games in the first year situation. Maybe, maybe they do. Maybe they blow it up, but maybe they blow up. But I, if they slow play him and this is a 35 win team and they're just kind of trying to find a fit for him. Yeah. Henderson, look, in the case of, of Chet Holmgren, Shea Gilgis is going to be feeding him all season long. He is going to look really yeah. good getting the ball from Shea Gilgis. Like, it's not crazy to think. I mean, it's not crazy. To, I, look, I'd bet on Wembeyama. Well, there's probably no money in that. But, like, that's where the money would go. But, like, I, there's a chance. I still think there's a chance somebody else gets it. Yeah. I know no, I'll I agree be watching with that, that Ashley. I agree with that completely. Yeah. I feel like. I get it. Wemby's the big Wemby's the big name. He's gonna have all the eyes on him at summer league, and you know people are gonna yeah. be watching Spurs games in ways that they never watched Spurs, ga- Spurs games before. Um, I think that he is the favorite, but I also agree that it's not going to be like you know the rookie leads the Spurs to a championship, and it's like this crazy. It's it's not gonna be that. Like this team is no. nowhere near ready to go the distance. I think that they're going to take the years out of that microscope, out of that pressure of being a contender to really develop Wemby, to really grow his game, get it NBA ready, grow his body, get his body NBA ready. And I think that that will give the edge to people like Chet, to people like Scoot, um, so while Wemby is obviously the favorite, and I agree, if I was going to place a bet, it was it'd be on Wembyama. Um, yeah. I don't think it's beyond you know a shadow. Of, I don't think it's beyond thought that it may not be him because yeah. there are going to be other players who are part of teams that are a little bit more ready to win and to win a lot of games this this upcoming season. And the Spurs, I don't think, are, is one of those teams. Hey, one other, uh, before we hit this break, Kurt, one other uh, summer league headline I want to hit with you is uh, the experimentation with the uh, with the flopping penalties. Of, thank uh, God. Non unsportsman. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. It's going to be a disaster. No, yeah, let's implement this for the regular season, please. I can't watch it anymore. It's egregious. Michael, I can't. I don't want any more subjectivity in the hands of officials. They can't call block charge right. You think they're going to get flopping right? How do you miss <laughs> a disaster? Oh, my gosh. Michael. Because, no, because, you know why? Because all these flops that we can't stand watching it at home, especially when you're talking about Marcus Smart and Chris Paul and the guys who are great at selling it, it's an exaggeration of existing contact. Like, they take a little hit and they, you know, look like they got shot by the guy in the grassy knoll and go flying backwards. It's going to be hard to judge that in the fly of them in the moment you're gonna be like the, the guys can be hesitant to the guys already fooled by flopping are going to be like i don't know was that enough contact like i don't think it's i don't think this is going to work that well we'll see maybe i'm wrong really? but i just got a feeling this is gonna i got a feeling this is not gonna work I, maybe i'm wrong no, I, I hope i'm wrong because it no, drives I, me I, nuts I think, but. actually it's just because i don't trust the officials to get it right no i think for they players up, that's all i think in situations like you know, with a Chris Paul and things like that, it may be a little harder to read guys that are a little bit better at telling it. But let's be honest, if a Jokic is guarding Chris Paul, hypothetically, and I'm sorry, if Chris Paul is guarding Jokic and Chris Paul bumps him and Jokic goes, oh, like, you know, that's a flop. Like, just scientifically, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's a flop. So like stuff like that, 
will be easy to call. I agree. There are going to be players who are a little bit easier, better at selling it. And when they're close in size and in height, you're going to say, okay, well, that was probably realistic opportunity. But ain't no, Embiid, we're coming for you. Your your reign is I, over, okay? I, it's over. I think it's opening up a can of worms. I think it's opening up a big can of worms where they're going to call some stuff that's a foul. They're going to call it a flop. Some stuff that's a flop that should be a foul. It's like, or, or vice Michael, versa. Michael, I am it's, tired of seeing Joel Embiid on the floor. Stand up. Stand up. You're seven you. feet tall. You. Nobody is not. I'm tired of seeing. I'm tired <laughs> of seeing officials. I'd rather see flopping than officials think that people come in to see them. That's what I, I just. I want no. I, I don't want hey. any additional input from the part of officials. No, thank you. He's not buying any Scott Foster stock. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World? Like, hey, we came to play. Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus is central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. The Clippers is good because if you get James, you guaranteed to have at least two stars on the lineup. Because you know Paul might not be there, Kawhi might not be there, and the player he is now, where he's a twenty and ten guy now, that's the type of guy they need over there. He can be that third option. He's going to make a lot of plays, and I just like I just like the dynamic of the Clippers having three stars and him him being back in L.A. I don't really care where James Harden goes. Uh, At one point, I thought that when he left Brooklyn and went to Philly, you were going to see a level of consistency and focus from him that you've been wanting to see because he was in a more stable environment. Brooklyn was unstable mm-hmm. for a multitude of reasons. I hate to say this, and maybe because I had a little uh, shot of tequila before the show. But yeah! James, yeah! All right, yeah, yeah, let's go, let's go. Sorry to cut you off, Ash, because I, I love where you're going, but he's the problem, man. Like, he's so talented, dude, so raw, but, like, bro, like, put the main, keep the main thing first, and he don't do that all the time. MB and James Harden in this phase should be enough. Facts. Especially in the East. The talent is still there, and when he's at his best, you're like, holy crap, it's James Harden. Like, where has this version of him been? But you see that, like, once in a blue moon, and half the time, it just, more than half the time, it just looks like he does not care out there. Like, he's like the Jay Cutler of, of basketball. That's a good analogy. <laughs> the talent is, the talent is there, but he doesn't care. Ashley, I'm with you when you write. Thank you. He's the Jay Cutler of the NBA. 
I've, I got a love-hate relationship with James Harden, Ashley, but and I'm trying not to care about him because we know how his movies tend to end. We've seen his movies before, but I do care about him landing with the Clippers because for one year, without a commitment beyond this year because they can't extend him, as the third option, which is what it was supposed to be in Brooklyn, him as a third, and we'll see how often the other guys play, I like him with the Clippers. I think he can – you talk about the, the, the league's assist per game leader here, Ashley. I mean, I still think he doesn't care. Like, the thing is, is I don't understand what James Harden is looking for. If you're looking for money, cool. Like, you've made a lot of it, but if you want more, go ahead. But if you're looking for a championship, if you're looking for rings, if you're looking for wins, which is what I thought, Philly's your best chance of doing that. The Clippers are not prepared to go all the way. Philly is a lot closer than any other team that is in the mix right now. They're closer than the Clippers. They're closer than a lot closer than Houston. Like, so I don't really understand what the mentality is. Like, I just, a lot of the times that he's out there, when you see him at his best, you're like, holy crap, like, this is James Harden. This is the version of James Harden. And granted, he has lost some aspects of his game. That's natural. He's gotten older. But there are times in the fourth quarter, there are times in the playoffs, his body language is like, I don't care. I don't want to be here. Like, where's the party at? Like, I got my check. Like, y'all figure it out. Call somebody else. And I just don't understand how you can win with somebody like that, regardless of where he goes. I don't care if he's the third option or the fourth option. It requires him to put in effort. And when things are not going his way, he says, screw it. I'll see y'all tomorrow. Like, you see it. Pre- you can visually see it. Preacher choir, Natalie? Um, parts of it. But, yeah, I mean, that, that point you said at the end is really it. It's when things aren't going his way. So he does want to win, but he wants yeah. it on his terms. And he what he wants is the team to run through him. He wants it to be his team in Philly, and it won't be his team. And so that's when you get the, you know, the body language. Him and Joel Embiid are not necessarily on the same page as much as they try to pretend and, and display that and so when they had Michael Rubin's parties right so that's 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 what it is you know I I the reason I like him for the Clippers um, I'm not a believer in James Harden ever but the reason I like him for the Clippers is because you can't really count on Kawhi or Paul George to like make it throughout the season right and play most of the games and so but James Harden one thing you can't say about him he's there you know he's available and so The third option, I don't know. He's probably going to be the first or second option on many nights. So I think having him combined with one of those two always and then for a potential postseason run, if all three of them are healthy, yeah, the Clippers could be legit. But look what we saw from him. Look what we – but the thing that frustrates me, I agree, the Clippers would be a great situation if you had a healthy Kawhi, a healthy PG, and they were going to play all 82 games of the season. Like, it, it, it would be perfect. But that's not going to be the case. There are I don't going think to be games need, that they... I don't think you need but, them to play all 82. But what I'm saying is, is that we have seen James Harden when the responsibility is on his shoulders. We saw it in Philly when Joel Embiid was out. He had one good game and then disappeared for the rest of the series. How can you rely on... He wanted to be his team. This is my frustration. He wanted to be his team, but he wanted to be his team inconsistently because he doesn't always show up it's some nights he's there some nights he's not there whether he's the focal point or not i don't understand how you can win when that is how you approach the game especially like you said nat when he wants it to be his team well heavy is the head that wears the crown 
that comes with responsibility. And I don't know if James Harden has it in him to be that responsible. I agree. But the difference in he like in Philly versus like when he was in Houston is it ran through him. And that's what he wants, right? Like he doesn't want it yeah. to run through Joel Embiid. Kurt, where you at on on Harden and whether or not he would <laughs> Would you allow yourself to get excited about the Clippers if if, if they ended up with no, whenever no, in fact, for, it's around to happen. I've give, I, I've tapped out on the Clippers. I'm done. They're they're just they're not going to be healthy enough. But I will tell you this: I'll buy Ty Lue a couple of drinks because if he was frustrated last year and then they add James Harden to the mix, <laughs> dude, that's not fair to the poor man. Like he's a, he's a good coach. Put him somewhere where he can win. <laughs> so look, um, Kurt, the other day, man. I was on the phone with Natalie and I was like, look, what you really need to stop sleeping on is the Suns. Like the Suns have been doing some work lowest of keys in terms of how no, I'm Is that how the combo went, Mike? Is that how the combo went? I can't keep a straight face, but but no, and all jokes aside, I won't steal her thunder. But uh, Natalie was like, yo, now y'all talk about winners the Suns and what they've done around uh, this expensive, you know, big three or big four, if you want to add DeAndre Ayton on the slick. Natalie, you know, speak for yourself, but I'm, I'm kidding. This was, this is, Natalie really just wanted to give some love to our favorite player, Kevin Durant. So and Natalie, that's, that's the only thing I want on the record that I was giving the Suns, the, the Kevin Durant Suns praise. Please let that be on the record. Yeah, yeah, but but I mean, honestly, the job that James Jones and maybe even Isaiah Thomas have done, Kurt, in and and getting cheap guys, but young guys yeah. that 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 really fit the roles that are necessary around Beal and 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 Booker and and, uh, and KD. No, I think they've had a really good off season, and like we kept praising the Lakers for kind of making good moves on the margins, but their ceiling isn't near as high as Phoenix's ceiling, and they're. I mean, Phoenix, Josh Okogie's going to fit great. Like, you keep going down the list of guys they picked up. You're like, oh, he fits, he fits, he fits. Mm-hmm. They don't need that much out of those guys, right? Like, you just need them to be solid. And you've got three stars and whatever Frank Vogel can turn DeAndre Ayton to, if he can make it into a decent dropback center. Look, I still think that their ceiling might be the only team in the West that can beat Denver, mm. if Denver's healthy, that, I think they've got a shot. That's where I wanted to go. Nat, then Ashley, because that's how me and Nat were talking on the phone. I was all about the Lakers, and Nat was like, he's sleeping on the Suns and what they've done low key. Nat, then Ashley, bigger threat to Denver, Phoenix or the Lakers? The Warriors, but okay. Um, I can this conversation. Um, I walked into that. Honestly, I, you know, I walked into that. I forgot who I was talking to. <laughs> I totally walked into that or other okay, yeah. warriors. But Got no, it. it's fine. It. I mean, yeah, no, I agree that. Um, you don't have to pick one of them. If it's the war, if it's neither, that's fine. No, I think that. So I think and look, I get it. Like when the postseason just ends and the way the Warriors went out, people are just like kind of forgetting about them. But the Warriors, they pose a different kind of threat and matchup to Denver than the other two teams, too. So when people kind of yeah. just talk about like, oh, you know, how are they going to win? They went out in the second round. The Lakers have a very specific matchup issue they possess for the Warriors that Denver doesn't. And so that's why they will offer a different matchup problem for Denver. So I think it's all three of those teams. But that being said, 
Um, I do agree with um, Kurt. I think the, the moves that the Suns made on the margins, they're more impressive in terms of what it means for their ceiling than what the Lakers did. Yeah. So everyone's so hype over the Lakers, and I, I think it's good that they kept that group together. And obviously, continuity is always a good thing. So the Lakers are going to be a solid team and provided health. You know, they're going to probably be a top four team in the West for sure. But I just think that the if it can go right for, for the Suns, and to me that's what it's about because rarely do you see these teams come together like this. And even though they'll have a, an off season now and a full season, rarely do they come together and just nail it the first season and win. But I think if yeah. they can and if everything fits together, yes, they definitely are someone you should be penciling as a potential contender coming out the West. I agree completely. I think I, I agree completely. I think that Phoenix had a lot of people looking at them side eyes with the Bradley Beal situation, especially with the possibility of not trading DeAndre Ayton. You kind of thought, all right, you just took out Chris Paul and you put Bradley Beal there, but you still have no bench. You still have no depth. This is exactly the same situation with one different player. Um, it's very impressive what they've been able to do on the margins, add that depth elsewhere without putting themselves in a situation that was problematic. Um, I think that they all go ahead and kind of percolate together nicely if they do percolate. And much to Nat's point, chemistry is not something that can be bought. You have it with KD, you have it with Booker because they have somewhat of a season together. Bradley Beals knew the equation. DeAndre Ayton was really a non-factor last season. So it's gonna be interesting to see what version of him you get. And if you need the version of him at full capacity, what is that gonna look like? All those other pieces are new. You can't just go ahead and throw stuff to a wall and hope it creates a masterpiece of Picasso. Sometimes that takes time. The Suns don't have time. So that's going to be the interesting factor is how do they go ahead and create that continuity and chemistry on the court when time is not of the essence. Katie's not getting any younger and you have to go ahead and strike while the iron's hot. Denver people can say, well, they lost some pieces. True, but they still have Jokic. They still have Aaron Gordon. They still have Jamal Murray. And they've played together for a very long time. So you are competing against that. Not so much that you're not worried about talent. You're worried about chemistry with this team and health. Kurt, you want to get back in there? No, I, I'll tell you the other team that I, uh, first off, I'm actually going to give Natalie props. I think if things click for, and I've got questions about Chris Paul and the pace of play and all that. And we all in do new, in there, but, but if it clicks, it cl they're good. Are we sleeping on Memphis if they get their act together with Marcus Smart, with uh, Derek Rose now in the locker room? And we were a two seed last yeah. year. They were starting to come together. Mm -hmm. Defensive player of the year, John ja Morant, bring back Desmond Bain. Maybe, hmm. maybe. Okay. I'm not I like you're being a little generous there. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not mad at, I'm not mad at you stirring the pot there. I, I think if you set aside, if you close your eyes and set aside the drama and the suspension. That's, that's yeah, I mean, there's that pretty, little issue. They were pretty good. <laughs> and they had a marker smart. Like, defensively, they're going to be scary. They're going to be scary. They still know how to play without issue for me. That's true. Very true. They, they, the last several years, they've been good uh, without job. And even Dallas. Like, Dare I say it? Mm. No. Could could Dallas make some noise? No, no. Okay, just checking. What does no. make noise? It's, just, it's Kyrie have, and Luca. In the like in the in the regular season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Well, make make noise for all the wrong reasons. Hey, Kurt, we appreciate you, man. <laughs> Go take a dip. What one of these days you got to sign off from the show just by and jumping. Just, in the pool. Just, <laughs> just jump in. Just, yeah. Just all right. Jump in the pool. <laughs>
Like maybe the, maybe the, maybe the, what is your last day that you're gonna be like on the clock? Like does it ever is it ever gonna stop for you or like a certain time you'll be like all right I'm taking a vacation. I was about to say whenever Lillard gets traded. So what is that August? <laughs> all right. So how about this? When Dame time is up, when the Damian Lillard watch in. ends, you have to unmike, take off the AirPods. And dive in the pool. I'm in. I'm in. I like that. Do the Rick Ross dive, though. Do a regular dive. (laughs) Yeah, please don't do that. (laughs) The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. I don't know how to social media. Um, I never got on TikTok. Can either one of you two plugged in, ladies, teach me how to spill? I can. I'm still trying to figure it out, Michael. Matt put me on. I still haven't figured it out. I, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm happy to volunteer to do it because it is definitely Spill the tea way. on how to spill. Spill on how to spill. <laughs> gotcha. I mean, is it only pictures? Because it's like, I got no. no, to hold no time with words. No, spilling is like tweeting, but you spill. <laughs> no, I get it. I just don't know how to post. <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.